Hey, good morning, folks. How are we doing? Before we go any further, I really want to get one thing straight. Who has their Christmas tree up already? No, come on. Nice and proud. What do you mean it's too early? What on earth? No, hang on. I can feel something's going to break out this morning. Come on, nice and high again. Who got your Christmas tree up? I did as well. No, no booing, brother. No booing. There's some haters in this place. Now, sorry, I've said this before. I've probably introduced myself. Um, Man, I am Mr. Christmas. This rug is all about Christmas, although probably Persian in nature. Um, Man, I got my Christmas tree yesterday, and it brought me such joy. I'm very easily pleased. No, it's staying up till May. I, I don't care. I don't care. Getting the baubles, getting the lights on, getting the Christmas music going. Oh, man. It's soon Christmas, folks. Some of you look really miserable about that. You know, Christmas is... Oh, oh Christmas. Happy Christmas. Let's have the band back up. We're going to go straight into baptisms. Um, my name's San Santino. If you're, if you're new to church, the experience of church, you're so welcome. Man, I know what this is like. If, you, if you've come on with a guest or, or a relative being baptised, I remember the first time I walked into this building, I was like, what on earth are you lot? What's going on here? And do you know what? I've stayed. I stayed. Because I realised that I, I found Jesus, or the correct way of putting it is Jesus found me. And Jesus rescued me. You know, we sang that wonderful song, Grace Takes My Sin, calls me friend, pays my debt completely. That's what happened to me. And I know that's happened to scores of people here. So if you are visiting, if you are new, our prayer would be that you just have a wonderful time here. And you leave through those doors going, man, those guys were okay. And maybe there is a God. I'm going to explore that a little bit more today. I want to bring a message. I've got something to confess straight, straight off the, the bat, if you like. And it, as one of the pastors here, you know, I should have known that this day was about baptisms when I was preparing this message, but it slipped my mind. Sorry. But I tell you what happened. God, God gave me a few verses that, that was something going on in my own life. And then when I thought, man, I'm speaking on Baptism Sunday, oh my word. That fits just beautifully. And God is the great chess player. I, I don't know whether he likes chess. I'm just saying that he, he kind of moves things around. And, and it's always checkmate with him. He always knows, like, oh, I know you thought this was happening, but trumped you. This is happening. And, and today, m- the message I bring is all about this, n- not the hot tub, all about baptisms, all about what it means to be in Jesus Christ, what it means to be rescued by Jesus, but more than that, what it actually means to follow this Jesus. So, so the title, if you're, if you're making notes, some people make notes here, I do, because my brain is fairly narrow, and it helps me just keep, keep on the straight and narrow. So if you're taking notes, I'm just, the, the title is simply a question. And I want you to imagine Jesus is asking you this question, friend. And it's this. Who do you say that I am? Imagine Jesus asking you right now. It doesn't matter who you are. Whether you've known him for 50 years or you have no clue who he is. He's asking a question. Who do you say that I am? 
So today we're going to look at what it really means to follow Jesus. And we're going to, I'm going to camp us out. Strange word, isn't it? I'm going to come from a scripture that's found in Matthew's gospel. Matthew was a man who walked, who talked, who pretty much lived with Jesus. He was up close and personal with Jesus. This is a friend of Jesus. And he's writing about what it meant to hang around with this guy. So if you have got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 16. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. The the verses are going to come up on the screen behind me. And it's Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read a couple of verses to begin with from verse 13 to 16. I can still hear flicking going on, so I'm just laboring a little bit, but it will come up. Here we go. I'm going to read. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, imagine him just hanging out with these 12, these, these, these 12 buddies. He, he asked them, you know, who, who do people say the Son of Man is? Effectively, who do people say I am? And they said, you know, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or maybe one of the other prophets. And he said to them, but, but what about you? Who, who do you say that I am? And this man, Simon Peter, replied, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then we're going to jump down just a few verses. There's this little dialogue that's happening. And then still in chapter 16, verse 24 to 25, Jesus says, it says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I'm going to read that once more because this is really where we're springboarding from. Listen to the words of Jesus. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love your love. We love the reality of you sending your one and only Son to planet Earth, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that lives would change today. My life, our lives, would somehow move closer towards you. Everything I say today, God, I pray it would be for Jesus' glory and that you would be famous in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're going to go on a bit of a journey. I want to pull out three foundational aspects from these short few verses in terms of what I think it really means to follow Jesus, what it truly means to follow Christ. I'm just going to pull out three things that jump out to me, and I hope it blesses you. Now, what I want to say as well is, if you know Jesus, listen up. If you don't know Jesus, listen up. Because it's relevant for every soul in this building this morning. The first aspect... I want to present to us is confession. Now, I I don't mean in terms of the confession of, because I'd probably be here all day. This is what I did wrong this week. You know, we're somehow confessing our sin. I mean the confession of Christ. 
This is the first aspect of what it looks like to follow Jesus. There's this first step, if you like. Jesus asks his disciples, who who do people say that I am? I love this. He's, He's having dialogue with humanity. You know, the God of the universe in human form asks his pals, hey boys, who, who do people say that I am? And then he gets this response, well, some think you're this person or that person or this person or that person. But then I love it because he turns it inward. He suddenly goes, oh, that's so interesting. It doesn't say this in the text. I'm adding that, okay? Oh, that's really interesting. But what about you? I want you to imagine that humanity's talking about Jesus. Who, maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's just a fictional character. Maybe he's like Peter Pan. Maybe he's this. Maybe he's that. And then Jesus spins it on his head and goes, David, what about you? Who do you say I am? There's this turning of the tables. And then we get this wonderful statement from one of his closest, this guy called Peter. Imagine Peter going, oh, oh me? Oh, who do I think you are? Hey, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. That's who you are. You're the blessed one. You're the son of the living God, is what Peter says. And then Jesus' dialogue back to him, I didn't read it earlier. He just says, blessed are you, Peter. Blessed are you. You know, Christ means the anointed one. It's not just Jesus' surname. Like Hambarest is my surname. I know, very British. It's the Greek version of Smith, believe it or not. (laughs) Christ just isn't his surname. Christ means the anointed one, the one smeared with God, the one covered in God, God himself, the Messiah. That's what Christ means, the Messiah, the Savior. You know, these, these guys, these Jewish people, they had been waiting for the promise of this Messiah. They'd been waiting. God had promised one, the anointed one, he will come. Their forefathers would have told them it would have been passed on from generation to generation. Just wait, because one day the Messiah, the Savior of the world, will come. He's not just Israel's Savior, he is our Savior. One day the Anointed One will come. The Christ. So following Jesus needs to start with this personal revelation. This personal confession, this belief, this spilling out of one's mouth. Oh, who who does San think you are? Oh, you're the Christ. The son of the living God. These are the first steps in following Christ. You don't do it on the back of a relative or friend. You do it on the back of your own heart that says, this is exactly who I think Christ is. I remember when that happened to me. Some 14 odd years ago now, there was this moment when it wasn't the physical presence of Jesus, but the spirit of Jesus came upon me and there was this sense of, what about you, buddy? Who do you think that I am? And there was a moment in my friend's house. I saw you earlier, Pete and Val. There was a moment when I went, you're, the, you're, you're Jesus. You're, you're my savior. I realize you're my savior. So I want to ask you a question right from the get-go. Who do you say he is? Just, just think for a moment. Who do you say he is? What about you? Because who you say Jesus is determines everything else. It determines absolutely everything else. There'll be some here that will go, oh, who do I think? Well, uh, maybe it's like Mother Teresa. 
Maybe he was just a good moral man. Maybe he was a religious leader or a religious figure or guru. Maybe he was just a vigilante who had some wacko views and got himself killed for them. Maybe he was a fictional character, like I've said, like Peter Pan. And I know I've shattered dreams for some of you this morning. Peter Pan's not real. <laughs> yeah, that's what he is. And some of you are going, yes, he is. Or is he the Christ? That's for you to decide. What you do with this is a game changer. What you do with this is a game changer. But it doesn't stop there. From there, we see this call on our life. That was the first aspect. One of three. The second thing is this call on our life, my life, your life, to follow him. To deny yourself. We see Jesus saying, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. This is what it says. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, you've said it with your mouth, then now you need to deny yourself. This is an amazing yet challenging statement. Think about it for a minute. To deny you. To deny yourself. To somehow go, man, maybe life isn't all about me. The denial of self is the true mark of discipleship. What I mean by that is it's the true stamp or imprint of what it means to follow Jesus. This man who denied himself. This God-man who lay aside his himself for the sake of us. You know, that our whole life becomes about him. That our whole life becomes about him. In, in Galatians, there's this book in the Bible, a letter written to a church in Galatia, where this guy Paul writes this statement. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Jesus Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, or the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Isn't that incredible? This guy Paul, this religious guru who had everything going for him at one time, suddenly, and hated Jesus, suddenly encountered this risen Jesus and went, I've been crucified with Jesus. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That is the ultimate sign of denial. Also, this denial is a, isn't a one-off deal. This denial of self... It's not a denial by saying, I just pretend I don't exist. It's a denying those selfish ambitions and motives that put yourself on the throne of your life. This isn't a one-off deal. The moment I encountered Jesus, I didn't go, here, Jesus, on my shoulders, I'm carrying my cross, and then that's it. There's a daily thing. There's a daily attitude where my life goes, man, it mustn't be all about me. Because if it is all about me, my day goes horribly badly. How about you? Our natural way is to follow ourselves, isn't it? It is me anyway, just, just confession. My natural way, although smiling and I put a nice little Christian mask on, my natural way is, hey, what about me? What's in it for me? 
What do I get out of it? Uh, Yeah, yes, but me. We naturally want to put ourselves first. Humanity isn't great at denying itself. I know we have some real heroes that we admire, but as a whole, look at the prevailing culture. What's in it for me? I have plans, I have agendas, I have ambition, wants, needs and desires. Now, I want to be careful here because on the face of it, these aren't wholly wrong. Man, I'm bringing my kids up to think, dream, to dream big, to expect big things for God. So on the face of it, it's not wrong. But I'm saying if, if, if the sum total of my life is what is in it for me, then I've missed the whole point of the gospel. Because Jesus didn't come to planet earth and go, I've come to be served. Wine, please. And a fattened cow. Or some falafel. Whatever. He said, I've come to serve. I've I've come to lay my life actually down for the sake of humanity. No other faith will tell you that. No other religion will tell you that the, the, the commander-in-chief of that religion actually died for humanity. But more than that, he rose again to give humanity another shot. Come on. On the face of it, are you putting yourself first? Jesus is saying, okay, you want to follow me? That's wonderful. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Our response to this text often is, well, you know, Jesus wasn't actually saying to deny yourself. That's not the original essence there. No, that's exactly what he's saying. Jesus is exactly saying, if you want to come after me, Liz, deny yourself. It's a complete contradiction and opposite to the prevailing culture, like I've said. This is what we're bombarded with. Hey man, you're the boss. Hey, you're the boss. You're the boss of your life. You're in control of your life. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. As long as it feels okay and you don't hurt anyone, you go for it with all your might, girl. That's what society tells us, doesn't it? It says, listen, you follow what you feel. You know best. Who else knows you? You know best. You only get one shot. No, you don't. Whether you know Jesus or not, we all live for eternity. Some will live with him and some away from him. We live forever, folks. Everything we do now is like building blocks forever. For eternity. For eternity. The world says, you put yourself in front and then you jolly well strive for more. But this is what God says to us, and this is releasing. God says, do you know what? How about you back it all up? And you put me first, and then godliness with contentment is actually wonderful gain. That's what the word of God says. Actually, if you back it all up and you you just are content, then that's going to be of great gain for you. Just look at this verse from... The New Testament in Philippians. This guy Paul writes this as well. And I just felt drawn to this text as I was preparing this message for today. Why don't you close your eyes for a minute? And as I read these verses out, 
This is what it truly means to follow Jesus. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count your Count others more significant than yourselves. How challenging is that? Let each of you not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And this is where he starts to describe Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. This is what Jesus did. Being born in the likeness of men, and he was found in human form. He humbled himself, and he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself. This God of the universe... And he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So he is the true model that we look to. And you go, man, if my life's meant to match up to his, how did Jesus live? Well, he came and he laid down his life for humanity. So I want to ask you a question on the back of this second aspect. Are you denying yourself? I don't look at you like a judge, I look at you like a friend because I'm speaking into a mirror. The whole point of this message came because it was birthed in my own life. I remember waking up one morning thinking, man, I think it's become all about me. I was feeling really low, really flat, really fed up, really sorry for myself. And I just had this gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit. And he led me to these verses and I just felt wonderful release when I just went... Man, I'm sorry, Father, I've made it all about me. Actually, I think it's all about your son. I think it's all about you. And I need to deny myself. I need to deny myself. I need to deny myself. So I want to ask you, how about you? Are you still denying yourself? And I know this is a very simple thing I'm sharing with you today. But I know what this gig is like. I've been in this church long enough. I've been surrounded by Christians long enough to know that it's so easy just to go through the motions. Man, I don't want us to get to the end of our days, do you? And you look back and you go, man, I just, I just went through the motions. If people really knew my heart. Man, I stand here on a Sunday and I put sometimes one hand in the air just, just so people don't catch me out. Man, man, you can know Jesus. You, you can follow Jesus with all of your heart. And I know we hurt one another. I know we get it wrong. I know this is odd for some of you being here, facing this, facing me, singing songs. But you can really know Jesus. You can know him. Not as religion, but as a relationship. As a relationship. So whether you've been a Christian for 40 years... Or four days. We're going to be baptizing someone later that became a Christian a couple of weeks ago. So however long you've known him, you can know him. (laughs) Like you can really know him. So this is my third aspect. So firstly, confession. Man, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. 
You are real. You are my saviour. Secondly, so I'm going to deny, I'm going to humble myself. Thirdly, this is how we deny ourselves. By taking on something or someone else. Take up your cross, it says in the, in the word. It says, and Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, we've done that. He must deny himself, we've done that. And take up his or her cross. Take up the cross. There's, there's one thing, like I've said, saying it with our mouths, isn't there? There's one thing saying, yeah, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Follow, yep, 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 all good. But does our life match our confession? Do my legs match what my mouth says? Does my action go with my words? So I want to ask you the same thing. Does your life follow his life? Jesus is saying, you want to come after me? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. What, what does it mean to pick up the cross? So I've, I've really been looking at this because on the face of it, in our natural mind, we go, which does that does that mean like picking up a, a cross beam of wood? What, what's he saying is Jesus asking us to carry something heavy, something too heavy that we can't handle. Is he asking us to experience some form of torture daily? Like Jesus saying, pick up your cross. Does that mean that he wants us to experience kind of flogging and, and, and whipping and torture? I, I'm not sure. Is he saying, I want you to carry a burden that's too heavy for you to manage? I don't think he is, because later on in this same gospel, Jesus actually says these words, and I'm going to paraphrase. He says, listen, guys, if, if you feel like life is too heavy, if you feel like you're carrying a heavy and wearisome burden, then I want you to come to me. Come to me, because I'll exchange that. I'll take that heavy load from you, and I'll give you one that's easy and light. So, so for me, I don't think Jesus is saying, I want you to feel like your life is heavy. But this is what I do think he's saying. I think he's saying, I want you to pick up a cross-centered life. I, I want your life to be so identified with my life that when people look at you, they see me. That's what I think he's saying. Pick up your cross and follow me means that somehow we walk in... Our lives are defined by what Jesus' life was defined by. Humility. Touched on that. Obedience. We hate that word. But true obedience leads to freedom. Surrender and sacrifice. Humility. Obedience. Surrender and sacrifice. You know, at the cross, Jesus demonstrated all of these, friends. He demonstrated what it actually looks like to walk in humility because it was a humble move to take the God of all creation to the cross. He showed what it looked like to obey. I'm just doing what you say, Father. He surrendered his life and then he sacrificed it all. He denied himself for our sake. He lay his life down for you. I just want you to sit under the weight of that just for a moment. He, he died for you. He, d- he died for me. Again, this isn't a, a one-off deal. I think it's about taking on a cross-centered life, like I said, to have the very same attitude and mindset 
as Jesus and recognizing that actually Jesus lives in us. If you are a follower of Christ, you have the same spirit that raised him from death living in you. So you can follow him. You can, you can stay connected to it. You are connected to him. So that means you can take on his nature because you have his nature. You don't have to work for it. You just kind of call on the thing that's within you, and that's God. Again, this isn't a one-off deal. Following Jesus is a daily surrender. To pick up your cross, friends, is a, is a daily mindset. I really want this to be relevant for any life in this building today. It's a daily mindset. It's a daily attitude of saying, man, I'm following after you. I want my life to be defined by humility. I find it difficult, but God, give me your power. Thank you that your power is within me. For you guys being baptized, this is, this is just the first step. This is a demonstration of a, an obedient life, denying self. But every day it's about going, Jesus, I'm coming after you. I want my life to be defined by humility, obedience, surrender, and sacrifice. To deny self is effectively saying, Jesus, you're my Lord, not me. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, of my heart, of my will, of my mind, not me. Because I keep hashing it up. I want you to do it because you're perfect in every way. So a question for you. Is this how you live, dear follower of Jesus? Is this how you live? Because you can. I want this to be an empowerment for you today. Because you can. I'm a pastor of this church, and I'm surrounded by people at times that say, I just can't do it anymore. And I want to say, you can. You can. It's not meant to be tiresome or boring or driven. It's meant to be easy and light. You can. And he'll empower you to do it. Friends that have been baptized, he's going to so empower your life. Dear Aiden, bro, you're going to be so empowered. He loves you so much. You're such an inspiration. Do you know that? Take such a bold step to do what you're doing today, bro. And I just pray that you would feel the Holy Spirit all over you when you do this bold step today. The same for the rest of you guys. Sammy, Rob, Paul. You guys getting baptized. Man, I admire you, men. More power to you. Seriously, full on, I admire what you're doing today. And you're going to feel God with you. He will empower you. And if you live this way, you will experience such joy, such peace, such love, such contentment. If you just pick up your cross and follow him, life will make sense to you. The prevailing culture will lead you away from him, but Josh, stay connected to him. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll never let you go. And he'll give you meaning and purpose. We're going to finish with a few thoughts. For whoever would save his life will lose it. This is where we finish in this text. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And we see this repeated in a previous chapter. It says, anyone who doesn't take up his cross and follow isn't worthy of me. Oh, wow. Jesus, did you actually say that? Yep. Whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So this is what I want you to know. There's not somehow about flogging yourself. It's about freedom. 
How's it been going for you following your own life? What I want to say to you loud and clear, and Jesus is clear about this, is if we try to hold on to our little life, if my ambition becomes all about me, I've lost my life. And at the end, it will be empty and meaningless. But if little old me goes, it's all about massive old you, as in God, my life will be full and meaningful and lasting. And lasting. In a few moments, we're going to be baptizing just a a few people here, and it's going to be awesome. But I want you to know that God has given us everything we need to follow him. And this is really an instruction for you guys being baptized. I really felt to do this. And I consider you friends. And, 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 and he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. And it's this, his book, and his very presence, his spirit. You don't need anything else. You need clothing and food, granted. Please don't turn up naked. That would be really odd. But he's given you everything you need. And what I want to look at you in the whites of your eyes, and everyone actually, that our, our danger is that we feel we don't need this book. We, we don't need this book. Some people say, no, I've, I've got the spirit, I don't need that, I just follow the Holy Spirit. No, you need this book. Our lives need to be so rooted and grounded in this book that you truly know who you are. Okay, he, the, the, this book itself says that, His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word, this word is like a sharp sword that will pierce through bone. This word is where we find out about who God is. And we need the Holy Spirit, don't get me wrong. But you need both. The both are so entwined. The Holy Spirit within me helps me read this book. Jesus himself said, it's good that I'm going because I'm sending another to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. It's to know it, but it's to really know it. It's that our hearts would change. So we need both. I I want to encourage all of us, okay? The danger in our day-to-day is that we kind of cruise through Christianity. And I want to give us all a challenge. Every single day, root yourself in this word. Somehow, get it open and stand on it. hope I haven't got anything on my shoes. Stand on it. Stand on the word. What the word tells you about yourself, about the future, that actually everything is rosy for the Christian Find out what God says about you, friends. Find out what he says about humanity. What he, what he says is going to happen. But ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to guide you every step of the way. Guys, we need this daily. It's our source of life. If you are not eating this word daily, you are starving yourself. You are starving yourself. So... In a few minutes, like I've said, we're going to be baptizing a few people. I just want to kind of give you a bit of instruction in terms of what baptism means. And it isn't a shoehorn into this word. It is linked. Baptism is an incredible demonstration of what has already taken place in each one of these four lives. They are not becoming Christians this morning. They are publicly saying this has happened and this is a sign to say who I'm in allegiance with. This is a sign of them saying, I'm picking up my cross and I'm following after Jesus. 
Baptism identifies the person with Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. Baptism is all about the cross of Christ, what the cross achieved for us. It orbits around the cross. The cross was the place where God exchanged our mess for his goodness. The place where we could know resurrected new life. The place where all of my wrong, all of humanity's sin was nailed to Jesus once and for all. And when he died at the cross, all of our sin died with him. So if you're in Christ, I want to say something that is really good news. Your sin has been removed from you. It is gone and it is remembered no more. No more. So in a few minutes, you're going to see people walking into this tub here. When they go into the tub, it's effectively saying, I'm walking. this is a demonstration to show that I've walked away from my old life. My old life is dead. My old life went to Christ at the cross. So as they get into the pool, the waters of baptism, it's effectively them saying, old gone. Nailed with Christ at the cross. When they go under the water and the waters cover them, As Jesus was buried in a tomb, the waters of baptism become like this symbol of a tomb that has buried that old life. And then when they come up out of the water, because they will, folks, when they come up out of the water and people clap, it's not just a one, two, three, yay! This is hugely spiritual, hugely significant, because what that signifies is just as Christ rose from death in resurrected new life, so do you. So will you. So have you. It shows that you now have brand new life in Jesus. Can I invite the band up, please? If you have um, children in the Tots age groups, if you can go and get your, your little ones now, that would be great. We really want to do this as a family. I'm going to hand back to Steve in just a few minutes. You know, we... Can I just ask everyone else to stand? I really hope... And pray, almost as I look at you today, it's almost as if I've just thrown out a load of seed. We never know what God's going to do. And it's really, I can't manufacture anything. My brother here can't manufacture anything. We can't hype anything up. But I just pray that somehow you will see Jesus. You see his beauty this morning. We sang these words earlier, grace takes my sin calls me friend, pays my debt completely. Love rescued me and has seated me with my king forever. We're going to sing a song now.